Well, we are finishing up our Unlock series. I hope you guys have been blessed with this series called Unlocked. I, yeah, come on. Have you been blessed? And we really wanted to make it practical because we want to unlock the things God has for you. We talked about potential, passion, God's power. And this morning we're talking about God's peace. Without exception, everybody needs peace here. Come on, right? We need peace in our lives. We need something to take away the stress and the anxiety and things. And so uh, we're going to talk about unlocking that in our lives. But I love the fact that it's been practical. And I was kind of scared because I wanted to keep it simple. And um, I was worried about the mature Christians. How many guys are mature Christians? Been a Christian for a long time. I thought it would be something that would go over your head. You'd be like, no, not over your head. You'd be like, no, I already know this. I'll be preaching to the choir. I was pleasantly surprised. A lot of the people I look up to that have been Christians for a long time have come to me. So thank you, Tom. Thank you for reminding me this is what I need to do. This is, some, this is one of the keys. It's something I haven't used. And I'm picking it back up. And so I just want to, I've been blessed by it. I hope you've been blessed by it. But we're going to be finishing it up this, uh, this morning with God's peace. Uh, but I want to do something before we go ahead and finish up the series. I want to pray, actually, if you guys have been following the news, on Monday, um, you guys should know the special session is going to start. And the special session is to pass the bill into law of the same-sex marriage. And about a month ago, we stated where we stand on this. We are against this bill, this law, uh, coming, uh, becoming a law of same-sex marriage. And so I want to actually say a prayer uh, for this bill not to pass. But here's the thing. We have encouraged you guys to send letters. We have encouraged you guys to call your representatives. Actually, there's going to be a public hearing starting on Monday that you are able to actually go there and testify. And I want to ask you to do one thing. Can we, as a church, be a representative of Jesus Christ with absolute truth and absolute grace? of the love of God. We have to. If you're going to write a letter, if you're even going to testify, I would encourage you to do so, but do it with the grace and love of the Lord. Um, there's been good churches that I've been talking to that are um, we're or getting organized. I've been talking to a lot of pastors, but I love the attitude that they're coming with, and it's this attitude. When you go forth, that you would bless and not blast. We have to lead with love. Amen. We have to. And uh, so with that, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for your grace and mercy um, that you have shown us. And Lord, I would ask us to come before you. You know where we stand. I know what it says in your word. And so we pray that this bill uh, about same-sex marriage does not pass. And if it's, uh, if it's possible, Lord, I know I said I shouldn't pray that, but if possible that you would table this bill to a regular session and not a special session so that the people can share and vote and speak about this issue. Lord, I just pray right now in faith that this bill does not not pass in Jesus' precious name. But if it does, I pray that the church would rise up in love and grace and mercy and see more people come to the Lord because of our example as leading in love. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. We all say, amen. All right. And the rain hasn't let up, has it? It's still going. All right. Who wants some peace out there? The front row? Okay, the rest of you guys are dismissed. No, I know you guys, right? And here's the reason why I close with this. Everybody, every single person without exception needs peace. I don't know if anybody in this room is thinking in their brain, I want to be a worry wart for the rest of my life. I want anxiety, bring it on. 
I want stress because it actually affects the body, doesn't it? Doesn't it give you ulcers and everything? Like, I mean, here's one thing I've discovered. You know, I've taken over as the inter interim lead pastor. You know what I found out? I'm getting gray nose hairs. My nose, I know that's too much information, but too late. I'm giving it to you. My nose hairs are turning gray. And I'm like, it, it affects the body. And here's the thing. As human beings, we can get peace, can't we? We know how to get peace in our lives. We live in Hawaii. We live in the most beautiful place in the world. All we got to do is look at our window and go, ah. Me and my wife, we always go to a shrimp truck on the North Shore. Anybody a shrimp truck fan? I want to personally thank Pastor Frank for introducing me to the famous shrimp truck, the one right after Giovanni's. It's the Korean one. That one's way better. Shrimp truck gives me peace. When we and my wife crave shrimp truck, we drive to the North Shore. And you know, if you live in Kailua and Kanyoi, Kailua and Kanyoi are pretty busy places, aren't they? They're just busy. I mean, they're building Target now in my backyard. I'm not here to talk about that. I hear mixed reactions. We are a church. We love each other. I don't know where you stand on that subject. But when you drive up to the North Shore, you get out of Kanyoi. You get into Kahalu. Kahalu is a little bit more relaxed. I'm getting some whoop whoops for Kahalu. You hit Waikane. You hit Waihole. You hit Ka'a'ava. And you know what you feel? Peace. My wife says that. I just feel peace. When I drive up here, you take a country drive. Let the country stay country, you know? And there's so many things in our lives that we can create peace. Uh, we can get a massage. We can have a hobby. Anybody have hobbies out there? You do a hobby that gets your mind off of things. I go surfing. But here's the thing. That's not the peace I'm talking about today. I'm talking about God's peace. And God's peace is something that we cannot create. We can try, we can muster, we can match the peace of the Lord, but there is no way. Because his peace is above and beyond anything that we can create or muster up. And that's the peace that I want to unlock in your lives. And if you don't believe me, I want you to turn to John 14. In John 14, this is the story about Jesus. It's the gospel of John about his story, about his witness of the life of Jesus. And let me set the stage for you what's going on here. This is right before Jesus got arrested. This is right before Jesus gave, uh, was put on the cross and he willingly allowed that. He got beaten and tortured and he died for our sins. You! He got crucified on the cross for us. He went through all that pain. But right before that, he was hanging out with his disciples. He was having dinner. And he says this one verse in John 14, verse 27. He was talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit, when it comes, he will be a comforter. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit will comfort you. That should bring you peace already. Then he says this incredible verse that I want you guys to hold on to. You should know this verse. You should understand this verse. This is a verse you should live by. Because Jesus says an important thing. He says in 14, 27 of John, I am leaving you with a gift. If Jesus came to my Christmas party, I believe he would give some really good gifts. He would give incredible gifts. So when he says, I am giving you a gift, your ears should perk up. What is he giving you? Peace of mind and heart. I think that is huge. Here's the gift I am giving you. 
Not just peace. Peace of what? Mind and heart. It's almost Jesus knew because he created us. He was there in, in, when, when he created earth and he created us. He, know, he knows how our, our bodies work. When you're worried and stressed out, where do you feel it? I mean, how many guys like get this? How many guys stress out and you actually feel it right here? It's painful. It's like, ah, 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 ah. You, you do that kind of thing, right? And in your brain, it, your brain gets muddled up and it gets depressed and you have all these thoughts and you can't think about anything else except the problem in front of you. And that's your mind. And what is Jesus saying he's going to give you? Peace of heart and mind. I think that's such an incredible thing. But I think it gets better. This verse gets better. What Jesus said actually gets better. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Let me say that again. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Let me put it another way. The peace that Jesus gives us is supernatural. It's supernatural. It's beyond the ordinary world. It's beyond our thoughts or our mood or our atmosphere. It's beyond that. It is from heaven. It's this commodity that Jesus will give us and it will come upon us. And I've seen God's peace, let me tell you. I've seen it in lives. I've seen it. I'm looking around. I'm, I know some of you guys. I know some of your stories. I know some of the horrific and, and tragic things that have happened to people in our church, people who love Jesus. And you actually, when it happens, you ask God, why did you do that, God? Why did you allow that to happen? And I, I would see these people, the loss of, of member, family members, the loss of a children. I've seen this. And then I would go up to them. And they'll be grieving, of course. They'll be sad, of course. But I would try and comfort them and I would look in their eyes and you know what I would see? Peace. The peace of the Lord that I can't even comprehend or understand. Why would you have peace in the middle of the storm that you're in? I've experienced in my own life. I've been stressed out. I've had things I've worried about. I've had things that have brought me to my knees. You know, that's a good place to be, by the way. If you're so stressed out, you know it's a good thing to do? Oh! <laughs> Go before the Lord and bring it to him. But I've been there. And you know what happened? Not every single time, but a lot of the time, I would feel literally God's peace. And the only way I could describe it is, is a cloak. Not a heavy cloak, but a cloak that would fall upon me. And I would just feel a covering. You know what a covering makes you feel like? Protected. You know? And you're, when you're a little kid, you're like, I'm under the blankets! And it just feels so good. And it feels like this covering is coming over me. And I can could, I could feel the anxiety just melt away in my heart. My heartbeat slows down. And my thoughts clear up. And I could say I, I've talked myself into it or I've mined myself into it. But you know what? I have to give credit where credit is due because Jesus is the one that gave, gave it to me in the midst of agony and pain. And it came over me supernaturally. That is the peace that we're talking about. And that's the peace that God wants to give to you. Well, how do we unlock that? Well, let's get into some scripture. And I have two more keys. And through this whole series, 
I hope you guys have been through every single one. If you miss a couple, you're supposed to have eight keys by the end of this. You should have a key set. And I'm going to give you two more today of how to unlock God's peace in your life. And the first one is this. And I'm going to be straightforward with you guys. You might not like this one I'm going to give you. This might be one of the keys you're going, I don't like that key. And here it is. Do what you can. Did you hear what I just say? Do what you can. And you're probably thinking, Tom, I came to church, and you're telling me a supernatural peace is going to fall on me. You're now telling me to do something about it? Yeah? Because here's the thing I believe, and I believe because it's in my own life. A lot of the stress and the anxiety that we suffer is self-inflicted. I'm getting some amens already. Why is it self-inflicted? Because we're procrastinators. We put off stuff. We, do the, we don't do the things that we fear or don't want to do because of the fact that oh, I'll just put it off and I don't want to deal with it and we just put it on the side or sweep it under the table or whatever we do. Let me tell you, I, I know this because I've said this before, but I was a professional student. Did you guys know that? I was a professional student. I went to school for 10 years. I went to college. You know, doctors usually go to school. I got my BA. It took me 10 years to get it. And why? Because I was really good at procrastinating. I was really good. When homework came, I would put it off. When something I needed to read, I would put it off. When a test would come, I would wait for the last minute. Anybody with me? Come on. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. You're a procrastinator. I would do a 20-page paper in two days. And I would get an A, by the way. But I would do it in two days. I procrastinated. And you know why I procrastinated? Because I wanted to do the things I wanted to do, and I didn't want to do the things I didn't want to do. And the things I wanted to do was surf, hang out with friends, hang out with my girlfriend or whatever it was. But you know what I found out in those times? The things that gave me the most peace while I was doing them, I didn't have any peace while I was doing it. Why? Because I was stressed out about the homework I didn't do. I was stressed out about the test I didn't study for or the next day. And the things that brought me peace didn't have peace in it all because I was stressed out the whole time thinking about something else. And so there's a lot of things in our lives that, you know what? Do it. Why don't you deal with it? If you can deal with it, if it's humanly possible for you to deal with the things in your life that causes you stress, well, then deal with it. I believe God gave me this picture. And this is my life, so... This is how it relates. Yes, I'm bringing up babies again. But I hate diapers. Don't like them. Don't like changing them. It's a mess. There's poop involved. I don't like doing it. And sometimes, I'll confess to you, sometimes I wait for a little bit. And while Grace, you smell that? You deal with it. I stand back a little bit. And I will have to confess, I think I caused my son to have a rash because I, I am so sorry, Judah. I apologize to you, my son. Um, but I don't do it. But here's the thing. I can go before God because I think a lot of us do this. I can go before God and go, Lord Jesus, eradicate the poop in my baby's diapers. With your holy hand, change their diapers. And I am not God. And I'm not sure what he would say, but I almost can hear God saying this. I gave you two hands. You deal with it. 
You do it. I gave you a brain. I gave you a body. You are my masterpiece. I gave you things that you are capable of dealing with. And I, didn't, I don't want you to be lazy and just rely on me to do everything for you. You know what? You do the work, and I'll do the work that you can't do. Let's turn to 2 Chronicles. Chronicles is in uh, the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles 14. This is a great example right here of what I'm talking about. And in 2 Chronicles and in Chronicles and Kings and all these books, if you ever read them, it's really just a history book. And it talks about all the kings of Judah and Israel and, and when they split the kingdom and all that. And uh, these are the, the uh, 14 is talking about one of the kings of Judah. And when you read certain chapters, you'll see a king that did evil in the sight of the Lord. And you could see the consequences of what happened. Then you would see kings that did, uh, was pl did things that were pleasing to the, in the sight of the Lord. God, uh, kings that loved, Jesus, uh, loved the Lord. And then God blessed them. But I really believe the king that we're going to talk about right here, King Asa, he was a step above and beyond even the kings that pleased the Lord. He went beyond doing just loving the Lord. He actually did stuff about it. And in 2 Chronicles 14.1, it says this. When Abijah died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. There was peace in the land for 10 years. Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And to, and to obey his law and his commandments, Asa also removed the pagan shrines as well as the incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. And here's the key verse. So Asa, Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. During these peaceful years, he was able to build up the fortified towns throughout Judea. No one tried to make war against him at this time, for the Lord was giving him rest from his enemies. Now you, now you see here King Asa, loved the Lord, one of the kings that pleased the Lord. But there are other kings that pleased the Lord, but didn't do what he did. There are other kings that love the Lord, but let his, their kingdom still worship idols and other gods. Yeah, the Lord was pleased with them, but they didn't do something about it. But Asa, I could see Asa in his palace or wherever he was, and he'd be like, I love you, Lord. And then he would get off of prayer and devotion and see his kingdom and see his people worshiping other gods. And he's like, you know what? This is not right. And you know what? As king... I have power to do something. I can actually cause change. I have the hands and the feet and the brain, and I want to do something. So he did it. He, he demolished all the shrines and all the, the worship. And then he actually pastored his people into worshiping God again. And let me, I hope you caught this in the scripture. Did Asa create the peace that he enjoyed? No. It's very clear here. It was the Lord that brought the peace. It was the Lord that kept his enemies from attacking him. It was the Lord that caused Asa to rest. 
And the reason why I bring up do what you can, here's a good piece of advice. Do what you can, human possibly, pos human, humanly, po thank you. It's 11 o'clock, I get a little loopy, I'm so sorry. Do what's humanly possible under your control and deal with that. And then let God deal with the things that are beyond your control. Let God deal with it. Let God give you the things that are in the spiritual realm that you have no control over. I'm going to confess one thing to you. Something bad I've done. I uh, didn't update my safety check or my registration. And I was driving around with no registration, no safety check. I was basically illegal. And the Lord really convicted me about that. And I really felt he said this to me. Tom, you're a pastor. I'm like, yeah, I am a pastor. Well, you know what? You're a Christian, okay? You should be a better example. See that car you're driving around? It's illegal. Make things right, Tom. I remember he said that. Make things right. Because you know what? You can do this. And so you know what I did? I dedicated a whole day to make things right. I fixed my car. I got a safety check. It passed. Praise the Lord. As soon as it passed, you know what I did? I drove through the registration paid my whatever it was, and it was, I got the late fee, got my registration, and you know what else I did? I changed the oil. I changed the oil by myself. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting claps for that. I changed my, and the oil filter, by the way, too. I drive my car around now. You know what I feel? Peace. You know what, if there's a policeman behind me, I'm good. I have nothing to worry about. As long as I'm not speeding, I'm legal. And I made things right. And here's, you know what I feel? I feel I made everything that I could right. And now God's taking care of the things that I'm not, I have no control over. Because there's so many things in my life that I have no control over. And I feel God's got my back, He's got my front, He's got my sides. And he's taking care and he's holding back the enemies. And he wants to do the same thing in your life. So my question to you guys is this. What is something in your life that you have anxiety over right now? What are the things that you are worried about or stressed over? Well, here's my next question. What can you do about that? Is there anything you can do to deal with it? And if the answer is yes, maybe it's something with their finances. Maybe it's something in a relationship. Maybe you can call someone and ask them for forgiveness. Whatever it is. Well, then you know what? I want to encourage you. Do it. But if the answer is no, I can't do anything, then at that point, leave it to the Lord. And let him deal with the spiritual. Leave it, let him deal with the things that you cannot deal with. Is that good? Well, I have one more key to give you guys. And I think this is a good one. Can you guys hear me good? Because I can't hear myself good. The rain, calm down. Nice. <laughs> the last key I want to give you and the last key in this whole series is closeness. 
And I want you guys to really know this one. Because here's the bottom line. We're talking about unlocking God's peace. And the bottom line is this. If you stay close to Jesus, you will experience his peace. It's as simple as that. If you... And God is confirming that. He's all, amen, Tom. Thank you, Lord. I really felt that. That's pretty cool. I mean, chills up my spine. God is good. Stay close to Jesus and you experience his peace. And here's the way I look at it. A lot of the times we look at what we deal with as storms, don't we? I'm going through the storm of life. And it's like a hurricane. It's swirling around us. And things are getting destroyed. And the winds are wailing. And roofs are flying up. And relationships are being destroyed. And my, and my life is just in chaos. But in the middle of a hurricane, what do you find? The eye of the storm. And in the eye of the storm is absolute quiet. Is absolute peace. There's no wind. It's just... And it's just a weird thing. It's like, whoa, just stopped. And I really believe that Jesus is the eye of the storm, is in the eye of the storm. He didn't create the storm, but he's in the eye of the storm. And the, and the thing that makes God's peace different from the world's peace is this. The world's peace depends on our circumstance, doesn't it? It, it depends on our, um, our surroundings. That's why we go on vacation. That's why we, when we step into Disneyland, it's like the happiest place in the world. Our peace depends on our mood, our atmosphere, our surroundings, our circumstance. God's peace does not. God can give you peace in the middle of your circumstance, in the middle of your trial and your tribulation. He can do it boom, right there, and he becomes the eye of the storm. And the reason why being close to him is such a key is because, think about it, he is walking in the middle of the storm. You better be this close to him if you want to stay in peace. You better cling to him and know where he's walking because I believe this. He, Jesus is not walking where the eye of the storm is. Wherever Jesus walks, that's where the eye of the storm goes. And so, which means I need to follow him and I need to make sure I'm close to him because if I decide to go my own way or get distracted and go, oh, what's that? Oh, awesome, flying cow. Okay, cool. And Jesus walks away and I lose sight of him. You know where I'm going to find myself? In the storm because the peace is, is going away. So I need to stay close to him. I need to stay right there with him. So how do we do that? Um, let's turn to Philippians 4. Philippians 4, and I want to read the New King James Version. But the great thing about Philippians is this. You got to know the circumstance of when the Apostle Paul wrote Philippians. Philippians, uh, he was in jail. He was under house arrest. Um, he was under a fear of his life. He could have been killed. And so that would cause anxiety and stress, wouldn't you think? But when he wrote Philippians, Philippians is probably one of the most joyous books in the Bible. 
my advice, if you get depressed or get anxious, open the Bible and read Philippians. It's only four chapters, but there's some great verses in there. One verse is Philippians 4.13. Anybody know that one? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Great verse. One of the best verses in the Bible. And I want to go to that chapter in Philippians 4. It says this. And uh, verse 4, this is the New King James Version. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Jesus, Christ Jesus. Isn't that a great verse? That's a verse you should know and memorize and uh, practice in your life. And we can pull three things out of here that can help you. Oh, good. I don't have to talk. <laughs> I'm just, thank you, Lord. All right. There's three things in here that will keep you close to Jesus keep you close so that you can stay where the peace is and you can know where he's going and that you don't get, find yourself in the middle of the storm. The first thing I can, I, I can give you is this, verse four, rejoice. One of the best things that I've learned how to do as a Christian is to learn how to rejoice in the Lord. And now you're thinking, oh, we do that all the time. We come here and sing praises. But Minus singing praise, and let's, let's take the whole church thing out of this. What happens when you see someone rejoice? Come on, let's, let's, let's I want to hear. What, what, what do you see? What do you picture in mind someone rejoicing? Happy. Ecstasy. Celebrating. Contagious. I heard my friend Josh back there, I guess the cowboy, I, I don't know the the Cowboys scored something, and I heard he was running around like a crazy man in the courtyard, and they thought he was a madman. To me, that's rejoicing. That's rejoicing. You know what rejoice? It's not, you can be happy in your mind, you can be happy in your thing, but rejoicing brings volume to that, I think. It brings emotion and passion. It's like, whoa! And what that is, and I, I, I have a point here, is that, you need to learn how to celebrate your God in that, in that fashion. Not just, oh yeah, my God's good all the time. God. No, it's, he's good. That in your heart, you should actually know he's that good. And in reaction to that, you should rejoice. I mean, let me, let me actually remind you, Paul here is in jail. His life might end tomorrow. And in jail, he learned one thing, one thing to be content and to have peace of mind. And he actually says it twice, I want to remind you. Rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, can I remind you again? This is important. I say rejoice. When you come in to worship, that's why I love coming in to worship. Come early, come on time. You know why? What a great time to celebrate and rejoice the Lord with your church family. My advice to you is, Buy a good worship CD and put it in your car and rejoice in your car there or put it in the morning. If you don't have any music or CD, make something up. Just speak to the Lord and rejoice in how good he is and feel, the, and feel that joy because it's so important. Why? 
Well, how many guys remember? This is going to date me. How many guys remember uh, Calgon? Calgon? This is all the old people like, yeah, remember that commercial? The woman with the kids and the mom and all the stress. And then I don't even know what Calgon is. But all I know is that she went into her, she went into her bath. She put Calgon, whatever that is. And then she said, Calgon, take me away. Right? And she created this peace for herself. Well, I really believe when we rejoice, it's better than Calgon taking us away. And what it is, is we're actually relying and praising the God that can actually take care of your problem. And what you're doing is you're putting your focus not on your problem, but on Jesus, on the person that can actually do something about it. Because so many times we get caught in looking at our problem. How many, come on, sleepless nights, anxiety, it takes over us, and we can't operate, we can't even think. I bet in this room, while we're worshiping the Lord with all of our hearts, some of you guys had trouble rejoicing in the Lord. Why? Because you had a problem that you were focusing on, and you had trouble, you were being distracted. And the thing we need to do is learn how to rejoice in the Lord. The second thing I want to give you guys is, and this is in verse 6 of Philippians 4. And I just want to state it very simply. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. I think this is a verse that you can take out of the Bible, put in your pocket, and save it for a rainy day. Because you can... You can walk around this life and go to work and go to school and whatever it is and things will get you stressed out. Things will happen. You get into a conversation, but oh man, you can feel that your heart beating faster and your mind is being depressed or whatever it is. You can pull that and go, wait, what am I supposed to do? Oh, you know what? I'm actually not supposed to worry. God's advice to me is pray about it. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And this is really good advice because when you feel that, well, go before the Lord then. Lay it at His feet. Even ask for the stuff that, remember the the first advice, the first key, do what you can. You can actually ask Him, Lord, help me to do this. I mean, I did. Lord, please let my car pass the safety check. Go before the Lord. Pray about everything. My last piece of advice of how to stay close to the Lord is based on verse 7. And verse 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I want you guys to realize what just Paul just said here. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Worldly logic. His peace surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And my last piece of advice for you, how to stay close, how to use this key for the Lord, and how to unlock God's peace Surrender. You have to learn how to surrender to Jesus Christ. Why? I want to read actually the amplified version of this verse. Philippians 4.7, this is the amplified version. It says, And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, And so, fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, now get this, shall garrison 
and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This peace, I mean, I love this. This is a manly, think, just visualize this in your mind. You're anxious and you give it over the Lord and you're rejoicing in Him. And what is He going to do? He's going to mount a garrison. I just found out what a garrison is. It's an insulation of troops. It's actually a place. So He'll actually have a place, a garrison over your heart and mind. And you'll mount guard over it. Keeping all the enemies away, keeping the lies away, keeping the stress and the anxiety away, and He would pour His peace over you. That is such a huge picture to me. But the thing about it is, if you ever had a bodyguard, I've never had a bodyguard. But if you ever had one, don't you have to surrender to the bodyguard to do his job? If he really needs to protect you and to do his job, don't you need to go, okay, what's the best way for you to protect me? Because we can go, okay, I got a bodyguard, but you know what? You can stay over there and I won't stay close and I got my own plan. I got my own ideas. And then we're not allowing him to do the job. We actually need to surrender. Okay, what, how do you do this? And even more so, don't we have to surrender to Jesus Christ? Because he's the one mounting guard over our hearts and minds. He knows what's best. Isn't he bigger than us? Isn't he? Isn't he stronger than us? Doesn't he see the bigger picture? Isn't, he, isn't his thoughts higher than our thoughts? Absolutely. And to me, that's worth surrendering to. Ethan did a great job of doing announcements, didn't he? Yeah. Last week he said something really cool. And I, 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 I thought it was just so cool that, um, that it applies to my sermon. And we were singing that song, Surrender. And he came up here and he said this, you know, so many times we look at surrender as giving up, as defeat. As it, we look at it in a negative way, like surrender. Okay. And it's just this kind of a bummer. And it's like waving the white flag of defeat. And I love what he said. He said, you know what? It's not waving the white flag of defeat. It's waving the white flag of victory in Jesus Christ. Because he is bigger and stronger. And we're not giving up. We're giving ourselves over to the winning side. To the person that is going to guard our hearts and our minds. And I want to tell you, you might be going through a storm right now. And I want to encourage you, surrender to the peace of the Lord. Surrender to his ways. Surrender what he needs to do. Allow him to mount guard over your heart and over your mind. And I want to tell you, peace will come. Peace that you cannot even imagine or describe or have no idea how that came. I've personally experienced it. And I want you to experience it as well. Let's bow our heads and pray. And as everyone has their head bowed, I just want to ask a really simple question right now. If you, in your heart and in your mind, feel stressed, anxiety, you're worried about something, a relationship or your finances, and there's no peace there, can I ask you right now to raise your hand? 
if you have anything in your life that you need, you need to give to the Lord. You have, you have anxious thoughts. Raise your hand. Come on, let's see it. Awesome. Okay. All right, put your hand down. And I don't want to count. I just want you to acknowledge that to God because I want to pray over you right now. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, we have rejoiced. We have sat in this sanctuary and we have rejoiced your name. We have celebrated your life in our life. And Lord, right now with the raised hands, we're saying, I don't want to worry about this anymore. I want to pray about it. And so that's what we're doing. We're coming for you right now. We're saying, Lord Jesus, tell me if I can do anything to help this and I will do it. But Lord, there's going to be things that are beyond my control. And Lord, I pray I give that to you right now. And as we have come with rejoicing and in, in supplication, Lord Jesus, I want to ask one thing, that your peace would fall in this place right now. That the peace that the world cannot give, the peace that surpasses all understanding would fall right now, would be here in this presence, in this place, in this sanctuary. Lord, I ask that you would make a garrison, an installment of your troops, and that you would mount guard over the hearts and the minds that are dealing with depression and anxiety and frustration and anger and worry. That you mount to protect them from the lies protect them from the stress and give them peace give them peace Lord we thank you we praise you in Jesus precious name